Hello, you are about to listen to the sermon preached at Central United Methodist Church on Sunday, September 12th. It is a joint worship service between Central UMC and the First Vietnamese American United Methodist Church. You'll hear the sermon preached in both English and Vietnamese. Thank you to Pastor Hugh Phan for his translation work. The scripture reading is from the Gospel of John, chapter 1, verses 1 through 17. Visit us at www.cumcballston.org. There you can learn more about our congregation and how we worship God, serve others, and embrace all. Good morning. Good morning. The story of the Word. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The Word was with God in the beginning. Everything came into being through the Word, and without the Word, nothing came into being. What came into being through the Word was life, and the life was the light for all people. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness doesn't doesn't extinguish the light. A man named John was sent from God. He came as a witness to testify concerning the light, so that through him everyone would believe in the light. He himself wasn't the light, but his mission was to testify concerning the light. The true light that shines on all people was coming into the world. The light was in the world, and the world came into being through the light. But the world didn't recognize the light. The light came to his own people, and his own people didn't welcome him. But those who did welcome him, those who believed in his name, he authorized to become God's children, born not from blood, nor from human desire or passion, but born from God. The Word became flesh and made his home among us. We have seen his glory, glory like that of a father's only son, full of grace and truth. John testified about him, crying out, This is the one of whom I said, he who comes after me is greater than me because he existed before me. From his fullness, we have all received grace upon grace as the law was given through Moses. So grace and truth came into being through Jesus Christ. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks Thanks be to God. God. Uh, I will read in Vietnamese. Uh, xin quý ông bà anh chị em cùng mở lời Chúa ở trong uh, Giăng chương 1 từ câu 1 đến câu 17. Ban đầu có ngôi lời, ngôi lời ở cùng Đức Chúa Trời và ngôi lời là Đức Chúa Trời. Ban đầu Ngài ở cùng Đức Chúa Trời, muôn vật bởi Ngài làm nên, chẳng vật chi đã làm nên mà không bởi Ngài. Trong Ngài có sự sống, sự sống là sự sáng của loài người, sự sáng sôi trong tối tâm, tối tâm chẳng hề nhỉ? lấy sự sáng. Có một người Đức Chúa Trời sai đến tên là Giăng, người đến để làm chứng và làm chứng về sự sáng. Hầu cho bởi người ai nấy điều tin Chính người chẳng phải là sự sáng Xong người phải làm chứng về sự sáng Sự sáng này là sự sáng thật Khi đến thế gian sôi sáng mọi người Ngỗ lời ở thế gian Và thế gian đã làm nên bởi Ngài Nhưng thế gian chẳng từng nhìn biết Ngài Ngài đã đến ở trong xứ mình Xong dân mình chẳng hề nhận lấy Nhưng hẻ ai đã nhận Ngài Thì Ngài ban cho quyền phép Trở nên con cái Đức Chúa Trời là ban cho những kẻ tin cho ngài là kẻ chẳng sanh chẳng phải sanh bởi khí huyết hoặc bởi tình dục hoặc bởi ý người nhưng sanh bởi đức chúa trời vậy mỗi lời đã trở nên xác thịt ở giữa chúng ta đầy ơn và đã thật chúng ta đã ngắm xem sự vinh hiển của ngài thật như vinh hiển của con một đến từ người cha 
Giang làm chứng về Ngài khi kêu lên rằng Ấy là về Ngài mà ta đã nói Đứng đến sau ta, trỗi hơn ta Vì Ngài vốn trước ta Và bởi sự đầy dạy của Ngài mà chúng ta Điều có nhận được và ơn càng thêm ơn Vì luật pháp đã ban ra, đã ban cho bởi môi xe Còn ơn và lẽ thật bởi Đức Chúa Giêsu mà đến Đấy là lời của Chúa dành cho một thánh của Ngài Amen Well, it has been 18 months since I had the privilege to preach with people in the room instead of preaching just directly to a camera. That means I get to do one of my favorite things in a sermon. Ask a question and actually hear someone answer. This morning, I want you to hold your answer for just a moment to allow for the translation so that when we guess, we all guess together. So if you hear the numbers, two, four, six, eight, what number do you expect to be next? Okay. Ten. So that pattern is counting up by twos. Okay. How about one, six, eleven, sixteen, twenty-one, twenty-six, thirty-one? What comes next? 36, that's right, counting by fives. Okay, uh, Pastor uh, Hugh, you go first this time. All right. This one's a little bit harder, except the answer just got on the screen. So y'all in English get a little advantage. All right, so instead of asking you the number, who knows what pattern that is? It's prime numbers. That one was a little bit harder. So now, I know you didn't come to church to do math this morning. But it was an example that let us see patterns. Sometimes it's easy and sometimes it's a little bit harder. So on the screen, it's a little hard to see, but these are music notes illustrating patterns of rhythm because there are patterns outside of science and math. Poetry can be categorized by the patterns that denote a certain style. Uh, 
different personality tests exist because people exhibit patterns and their behaviors. From Myers-Briggs to Enneagram to online quizzes that tell you which Muppet you are, people are wired to notice that life is filled with patterns. When we notice and name patterns, human can put meaning to those patterns and it helps us make sense of our lives and the universe. Patterns attract our intention and invite interpretation. But sometimes we strive to make sense of the world and we can't identify a meaningful pattern. Sometimes it seems like the pattern is 71, 6, 2, negative 48, negative 213, 9. Random numbers with no pattern. Or sometimes it's like one, 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 one. Repetition without meaning. For more than a year, our patterns of living have been utterly disrupted. During the first few months of quarantine, I had a hard time keeping track of what day it was. It happened for me because the pattern of my life oriented around the rhythm of worship on Sunday. Moving to online worship where everything was prepared in advance made me lose the rhythm of my daily life that was oriented around Sunday. Over this extended pandemic time, I know that people have felt disoriented for a variety of reasons. Many people experience changes in a career. Changes in the way a family lived together or isolated apart from one another. Changes in the way that we connected with friends and our community of faith. And so many people have been touched by grief following the death of a loved one. It 
It has been a disorienting time in so many ways. For the congregation I serve, Central United Methodist, we've also experienced the disorientation of moving out of the building that we have called home for over a hundred years. We're excited about the next phase of our building project that will help to create new worship space, expanded preschool space, and 144 new affordable housing units. We are so grateful to call this space our temporary home. And we especially appreciate the hospitality of the First Vietnamese American United Methodist Church. On Saturday, September 18th, we will begin worshiping here in person every Saturday at 4.30 p.m. This is an unfamiliar pattern for us since we're accustomed to worshiping on Sundays. So when the familiar patterns of our life change and we're left feeling disoriented, what can we do? I believe it's an opportunity to be open to the new movement of God in our lives. It is also an opportunity to rediscover the roots of our faith to help us feel grounded in God. This month, the congregation of Central UMC began a church-wide, year-long journey through Scripture. We're using Brian McLaren's book, We Make the Road by Walking, a year-long quest for spiritual formation, reorientation, and activation. Last week, Pastor John preached and he began at the beginning with the stories of creation found in Genesis. Today, we turn to the Gospel of John to discover additional insight to the creation stories we find in the book of Genesis.
Reverend McLaren wrote this about the passage that we just heard from John chapter 1. John had a special term for the pattern of meaning God has spoken or written into the universe. He called it logos, which is translated in English as word. So just for my folks so that they know, it's Greek on top. It's not Vietnamese. So I know everyone that's Vietnamese is not going to mistake that. But anyone who doesn't speak, I just wanted to clarify, it's Greek on top. <laughs> we, we find the word logos in words like biology, anthropology, and psychology, the logic of life, human development or human personality. This word or logos was made flesh in a man named Jesus. In other words, if we want to know what God is like and what the universe is about, we should pay attention to the logic, meaning, wisdom, and patterns found in the life of Jesus. Jesus communicated the logos or logic of God in his teachings. Jesus lived the logos or pattern of God in his life. Jesus showed the logos or essence of God in the way that he treated others. From his birth to his death to his resurrection, John believes that Jesus translate the logic or meaning or pattern or heart of God into terms that humans can understand, skin and bone, muscle and breath, nerve and action. So inspired by Genesis, we are guided to look into the pattern, the meaning, the wisdom, the logic of God that is woven into the very being of all there is, into galaxies and planets, forests and fields, plants, animals, you and me.
In John's gospel, we are inspired to look for the pattern in a poor man traveling across the land with a band of students and friends, telling stories, confronting injustice, helping people in need. If we learn and trust the wisdom that comes in creation and in Jesus, we will live our lives a new way, says the writer of the Gospel of John. We will discover God as our loving parent, and we will encounter all other creatures as our relations, our relative in one family of creation. Of course, we have other options. For example, many people live by the logic of rivalry. Under this logic, the cosmos is a huge battlefield or a coliseum in which the participants survive only by competing, defeating, deceiving, displacing, or killing their rivals. In this universe, the strongest survive, the ruthless are rewarded, the kind are killed, and the meek are crushed. You'd better fight or you'll be trampled. Other people live by the logic of compliance. Under this logic, the cosmos is a big organization ruled by powerful bosses, and your job is to learn the rules and comply. Stay in your allotted place, do what you're told, curry favor in the inner circle of power, and the logic of compliance will work in your favor. You'd better play it safe or you'll get in a lot of trouble. Still, others think of the universe as a giant machine and they live by the logic of mechanism. Action, reaction, cause, effect, stimulus, response. You can use the mechanisms of the universe to seek whatever pleasure, power, and security you can during your short life.
But in the end, there is no meaning to the machine, so you'd better grab whatever moments of fleeting pleasure you can. Nhưng cuối cùng, quý vị sẽ không tìm được ý nghĩa gì ở trong với mái móc. Vì vậy, tốt hơn quý vị nên nắm bắt bất cứ phần cách vui vẻ, thoáng qua nào mà quý vị có thể. That's all there is and ever will be. Đó là tất cả những gì đã có và sẽ có. Clearly, the creation stories of Genesis and John offer us a powerful alternative to the logic of rivalry, the logic of compliance, or the logic of meaningless mechanism. These stories of faith dare us to believe that the universe runs by the logic of creativity, of goodness and love. The universe is God's creative project filled with beauty, opportunity, challenge, and meaning. The universe runs on the patterns we see embodied in the life of Jesus. We see the connectedness of all creation. In the patterns we notice in the life of Jesus, we see how freedom grows. Wisdom flows. Healing happens. Goodness runs wild. In the midst of a world filled with incredible brokenness and pain, where we can so clearly see the patterns of destruction in our world. From the pain that lingers in this community as we mark the 20th anniversary of the 9-11 attacks, to the chaos of refugees leaving behind all that is familiar to them. We can be distracted from seeing the patterns of goodness and grace. Which is why it is so important for us to pause, to pay attention. So here we are. Noticing together the patterns of goodness in our world. From the beginning, when all that came into being was declared good. To the life 
death and resurrection of Christ showing us a pattern of abundant living. We gather together and we open ourselves to the possibility of a creative logos of love and wisdom that runs through the universe like a current and can play in our lives like a song. In just a few moments, we will share communion together. In our prayer, we will hear the pattern we always remember that Jesus told us to do with the bread and the cup, to take, to bless, to break, and to share. In sharing communion together, whether we're here in this sanctuary or we're joining online via Zoom or Facebook. We repeat this pattern together of taking, blessing, breaking, and sharing. And we are reminded that Jesus embodied this in his life. As we partake in this holy meal, we pray that we as the church will become the body of Christ for the world. So this week, what is it in your life? that you may do differently in the world because you choose to live by the logic of love. And I wonder, how will others get a chance to notice the logic of love in your life? The good news is that we don't need to strive to create the logic of love in us. We just need to participate in what God is already doing around us and be ready to respond so that all may see the logic of love abounds. Thanks be to God. Amen. Amen.